Toasties. I'm Missy, here with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, y'all. And welcome to our toasted shenanigans. How you doing over there? I'm surviving. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yep. Aren't we all? How you doing? I'm so tired. <laughs> it's gloomy and rainy, but it's warm. Yeah, these are some of my favorite days. Absolutely. I 110% agree with that. I'm like, sun didn't come out today. It's going to be a good day. Uh-uh. <laughs> that sun yesterday was the best. No. Oh, gosh. I was soaking it up. I was like, <laughs> any chance I got soaking it up. I like my gloomy days. I know. Gloomy days are nice, though. They're nice when you can have off. I didn't have off today. I had to do my job. I had off, but I had shit to get done. Yeah, like this episode we're going to talk about. Yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot, a lot. Yeah. So what are you drinking? I am drinking my big gulp. <laughs> the plan was a Slurpee, but, you know, the Slurpee machines are never working at 7-Eleven. So I got me a cherry Pepsi, and they got the good ice. The good ice. So I'm excited. I, I give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just had the laugh just... Me laughing just reminded me. So when Lloyd was editing our episode, the last week's episode. Yeah. Because Lloyd does our editing, guys. Um, God knows we can't do it. No. But I was watching him edit it. And he is showing me the bars of, like, our voice and how, like, he's like, see, you guys need to start, like, learning how when we are virtual, we're in person. So this this is a lot better. <laughs> but when we're virtual, it's a lot harder for editing. And he was showing me the bars of our voice and, like, how it'd be, like, super low and you can't really see it. And then the bars when we get real loud. <laughs> and he's like, you guys are just so inconsistent. <laughs> and he showed, I think it was you. I don't know. I don't know what it was that he edited, but the bar was literally off the chart. <laughs> <laughs> like it was not even like it cut it off and you could tell it was. I broke off. records. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm looking up at the thing here. Because I could see, like, the editing of, or I could see the volume bar or whatever when it records. And it just reminded me of that. How you were like, the, I don't know what it was. It probably was a laugh or something. It had to have been. I have an obnoxious laugh. Don't we all? No. I don't know. I don't know many people who have, like, a, oh, wow, that's a beautiful laugh. Very true. Everybody's got a crazy-ass laugh. That's what makes them great. And sometimes their crazy-ass laugh gets people laughing even more. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, like, sneezes, though, too. Oh, I love sneezing. <laughs> I love sneezing. You want to piss me off the most? Prevent my sneeze. I will oh, yeah, that so irritates the shit out of me. fucking mad. If you that prevent- and yawns, too. I hate yawning. But I love sneezing. I it's weird of me, but I just feel like it's very like cleansing. <laughs> just like yes, my body's ridding all this of this shit. I enjoy them. I enjoy a great sneeze. So what you got over there? I got my Looks familiar. <laughs> I got my Moscato, guys. So again, last episode, as he's editing, he heard me complain about how, like, I haven't had Moscato in a while. I really miss Barefoot Moscato. And I came home to seeing it in my fridge because I'm a spoiled little baby brat. And <laughs> I'm very happy. <laughs> to be ten. fair, he created the monster. Oh, he sure did. But 10 out of 10 barefoot, per the usual. 
always a happiness in every sip. Hey, same thing with my big gulp over here. I love it. Mm. I love a cherry Pepsi. I love a cherry Pepsi. I love fountain sodas more than I like bottled sodas. I There is something about fountain sodas that do taste different and better. I don't know if it's because it's spicier. they can control the the consistency of like the the syrup, syrup and the carbonation. Or, yes. Yeah. It's just it's so much better. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so what are we talking about? Okay. So <laughs> So, we're going to go into this situation that happened. Mhm. That kind of brought into the discovery of the Gilgo Beach um, four women that were found on the beach. And there's a current man right now, Rex Humorin, who is being charged with the murders. Okay. So I can't say he's the Long Island serial killer, but it could be a possible situation. But I'm going to dive into the story. And guys, just, just try to hang on to your britches. I'm sorry if I confuse you, but this whole case is just... A lot. I mean, if you guys, if you guys aren't haven't noticed already, we can get kind of confusing. I mean, that last episode, that last episode, <laughs> that was a doozy of a time. I felt like we just kept like it just tripping kept... down the rabbit hole, not even going down. We were tripping. Oh yeah, yes. I brought you guys all down there with me, and it was that was confusing. Still to to this to this moment, I'm still with that situation. I'm just like, what the hell did I find out? <laughs> All right. You want to do this? Let's go. I'm All buckled. Right. All right. Let's go. So the Long Island serial killer, or a lot of people refer to him as Lisk, um, is not new news. It's been going on for years. Mm. Um, in fact, this isn't the first Long Island serial killer. We've actually had many other ones. Um, so... There have been four convicted serial killers in Long Island's dark history just between the 70s and the 90s. Not surprised. So you have Joel Rifkin through 1989 to 1993. Richard Schulman, 1991 to 1996. Richard Angelo, 1987. And Richard Cunningham, which most of you know as the Torso Killer from 1972 to 1973. I don't know what's with all the Richards, but... Dicks. Yeah. So this... This isn't new. I don't something about Long Island. Just you know, I mean, even we like to mark each other. Yeah, that wasn't really necessarily a serial killing. It was just he marked his whole family. But that was it. In... Technically, was well, kind of yeah, because it was six six people. Yeah, they really don't have anything to do with this story, but it is something to keep into mind once we get into the middle of it, mm-hmm. um, because it makes it so much more interesting. Because there's other possibilities and scenarios, but it also makes it confusing. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So our story actually begins with a 24-year-old woman in 2010 who had she not called 911 and her family didn't fight for her justice, Rex Humerman may have never been charged with the murder of these four, you know, women that were found. Oh, gosh. So. So it had she not called cops on him? Not him. Just had she not called 911. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how... All right, I'm already fucking confused for a year for a second. Okay, so if she would have not called 911, he would have never been caught, mm-hmm. essentially. Okay, Essentially, cool. yeah. Okay, okay. 
All right. So Shannon Gilbert was a very motivated individual for the most part. Um, she wanted more for herself in life, um, especially after a difficult upbringing. She was in and out of foster care. Mm-hmm. But um, she was very intelligent. She, after graduating high school a year early, she was determined to get where she wanted to fast. She wanted to be an actress, and she had even enrolled in uh, college courses for writing. Okay. Now, uh, she held many jobs throughout that after high school, like little jobs like hotels, restaurants, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was just, as you can imagine, it was really hard to pay the bills and still go to school on what she was earning making those jobs. So in 2010 is when she called 911. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would have been 2007, 2008, essentially, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So, you know, that situation, it left her broke and left her further away from her goals. And she was desperate to have the life that she craved. So she started working as an escort. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was making like $250 an hour compared to, that's probably one paycheck. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, those girls, power to you ladies that are doing that. I give you all the props, man. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I like, couldn't you... do it. So I give you all the props. You earn every penny you make. Yeah, it's not even just like it's not about the sex, but the whole the, the, the risk. Yeah. It's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. But her thought was that if she made funny money fast, she would be able to, you know, get out, not work as long and get what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So she began working with an escort company, but the company um, eventually was shut down uh, through a whole nother situation. Not going to go into that. But yeah, uh, so she began promoting her own escorting business online. Yeah, that, that's mostly where through Craigslist. That, ooh, that's where oh. it gets very dangerous. Mm-hmm. At least with the company, you're going to have that a little bit of security and insurance mm-hmm. and not insurances and health insurance. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The protection. Mm hmm. Um, in the early hours of May 1st, 2010, Shannon had her driver, Michael Pack, take her to meet a client of hers. His name is Joseph Brewer, that lived in a private community on Oak Beach, Long Island. Mm-hmm. Now, many escorts use drivers as a means to get to client to client, so mm-hmm. it's not really unheard of. Um, it kind of offers, again, what we just talked about, that insurance. That security. Yeah. Yep. So... Michael dropped Shannon off, parked outside the house, and everything seemed perfectly fine. It was just business as normal. Mm-hmm. Now, Shannon and her client had left for a quick moment and returned just moments later, and Michael assumed they were picking up drugs, but that can't be confirmed, but it was an assumption. Now, I did hear a lot that her family had said that she never did drugs or anything. Um, I think they even might have said that she didn't drink either, but... Doesn't mean that they don't know. That doesn't mean also that her client wasn't doing drugs. Correct. So it's a safe assumption that usually also is a thing that goes hand in hand in that um, environment. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, you know, everything seemed okay. And Michael knew Shannon would alert him if there were any issues. Mm-hmm. So about 5 a.m., about I think it was actually 4.51. Um, it was two and a half hours after their little errand. Shannon's client actually came out of the house and told Michael that he needed to get Shannon the fuck out of his house. Oh, shit. That she was acting like a crazy person and freaking out for no reason at all. Okay. So, Michael, of course, finds it a bit odd that Shannon would just be freaking out for no reason. So, he goes inside to collect her. 
As soon as he enters the home, he finds Shannon freaking the fuck out and running from him. Shannon is trying to be detained by both of these men, and she's running around the entire first floor of the house, um, dodging both of them and refusing to leave, runs throughout the downstairs, hides behind a couch, and she calls 911. And she tells the 911 operator that the two men are trying to kill her. And she keeps asking why over and over and over again. But you can't tell why she's asking why or even to whom she is speaking to. Like when you listen to it, it, it some of it just doesn't make sense. But you can definitely tell like she's scared. Like it, it, like it wasn't a joke. Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, but as the call goes on, she becomes more frantic and keeps demanding that the two men are trying to kill her, never stating who, though. Even when the operator asks who is trying to kill you, she just keeps freaking out and saying the same things over again. Okay. This call goes on for about 20 minutes. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the entirety of the call is very difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. However, you can hear a male's voice in the background telling Shannon, you're acting crazy. And at some points, you can make out Shannon asking Michael to take her home. But he was trying to. That's It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And she's tweaking, but she's running away from him. But then she's asking for help. Like It just doesn't make sense. No. Um, he tries to take her home. And any time that he tries, she flees. Um, eventually you hear Shannon take off on foot and dash out the door. Oh, gosh. Yeah. She makes it to the neighbor's house and a man named Gus Kalati, I believe, how to pronounce his name. But he comes to the door and he's trying to make out what she is telling him. But when he asks her if she needs help, Shannon takes off again. And so Gus does call 911 and reports just what happened and lets the operator know he did see a black SUV and a male behind the wheel when Shannon took off. So... That's obviously Michael trying to look for Shannon. Yeah. Shannon begins frantically running towards another neighbor's house and pounds on the door screaming for help. A woman lived there and she was just too terrified to answer the door, but she did call 911. This was about at the same time where that call ended for Shannon on her end. Mm-hmm. So she disconnects from the 911 operator and she vanishes. That was it. Now, this is where things get a little weird. So for some reason, and I'm assuming due to their illegal activities, Michael Pack never reported Shannon missing. And matter of fact, when he spoke to Gus, the neighbor, because he saw Gus standing out there, and Gus told him what he saw, he did see her, he called the cops, and Michael's like, why'd you call the cops? And Gus said, well, why wouldn't I? There's a woman pounding at my door screaming for help. Exactly. You call 911. But Michael's response was, you shouldn't have done that. And he leaves. Well, that's sketch. Yeah. So the cops took an hour to show up. Not surprised. To Oak Beach. And her family didn't even know she was missing for a couple of days um, until Shannon's boyfriend actually called her sister and stated that she hadn't come home yet. This Hmm. same day is when a doctor named Peter Hackett calls Shannon's mom, Mari, informing her that she ran away from... um, that, that he ran a wayward home for women and that he had taken Shannon in, but after treating her, she had left with her driver. Mm. Of course, this kind of seemed a little odd and suspicious to Shannon's mom, so she reported Shannon as missing along with the details of the call from the doctor. <clears throat> right. Which was a whole other issue on itself because Shannon's mom was tossed back and forth from Long Island authorities to New Jersey. So, New Jersey said because she went missing in Long Island that the report needed to be filed there. But Long Island kept telling Mari 
that since she was a resident of New Jersey, it needed to be filed in New Jersey. I think it would have to be filed in both. Either way, it's bullshit how they're pointing fingers. Oh, absolutely. Sounds like somebody just didn't want to fucking do some paperwork. Exactly. Um, Especially since, sorry, Shannon is a sex worker. It's not a priority. No, unfortunately. Yeah. To them, it's not. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, well. So, after many attempts, she finally got through to filing the missing uh, persons report in New Jersey. Okay. However, like I said, it wasn't taken seriously due to Shannon being a sex worker. But there was absolutely no search effort. And there was no media coverage. Of course not. Again. Nothing. Again. So, December 10th, 2010. So, we just left May. Months after Shannon's disappearance, an officer was um, doing some training exercises with his dog along Gilgo Beach in Long Island. He had been conducting these training exercises for probably numerous weeks. I couldn't find a lot amount of time, Mm -hmm. but it was stated like it it's it was over a very long course of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just figured he had to do some exercises anyway. Why not just start where this girl went missing and, you know, mm-hmm. see what happens. He didn't really expect to find anything, um, but he thought he'd give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Well, his dog, Blue, did get a hit on Gilgo Beach on that particular day. Good job, Blue. Mm-hmm. Authorities were brought out to conduct additional searches, and two days later, they discovered the remains of four women. The four victims were Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, I don't know why I had trouble pronouncing that, (laughs) Amber Costello, and Maureen Barnes. The four women all shared a similar profile. They were white. They were small sex workers in their 20s who used the internet to engage with their clients. Mm -hmm. So they didn't work through an agency. And then the way that they were found was similar to as well. Each were placed close to one another within 22 to 33 feet off of the parkway. So Gilgo Beach is runs right along like a, a pretty traveled highway. Mm-hmm. It's not an actual like beach. Right. It's not like your sand and whatnot. It's more of like a marsh. Okay. But they call it a beach. I don't know why. I don't know. Each of the four victims were found similar positioned. They were bound in similar fashion by either belts or tape, with three of the victims found wrapped in a burlap, burlap type of material. All had missing clothing and personal possessions had been uh, taken, and they had all been killed by homicide. Uh, they had all contact shortly before their di- disappearances with a th- one person using a burner cell phone, so it's not going to be easy to trace mm-hmm. if you can do it at all. Because remember, this is 2010, too. Yeah. We've come a long way since even then. Yeah. This is like the introduction of into smartphone world at that point. Correct. Yeah. Um, now, due to the weather, the searches were put on hold till spring because it's New York and it's winter. Say, it's Long Island. It's, yeah. it's cold. They were now determined to keep searching because where is Shannon? So now it seemed a little bit more serious. Well, yeah. Now you got four girls that just got dug up. Well, now I guess and they all seem to have something in common. So now it's like, well, I guess maybe we should keep looking for her then, I guess. Well. Because they're hoping maybe it's linked. Hold on to your britches because this is where it gets very, very confusing quickly. Mm. So, on March 29, 2011, partial remains of a woman named Jessica Taylor were found. It was just her skull, a pair of hands, and a, a forearm that were located. But back in 2003, they had found her torso in nearby town of Manorville. Okay. On April 4th, 2011, 
there were three additional victims found. Valerie, Max Skull, um, her hands, her right foot uh, was found in a plastic bag near the parkway, but her torso too had been found in 2000, also in Manorville. Hmm. And another spot, they found the remains of a toddler wrapped in a blanket with no signs of trauma. And not far from the toddler, they have found the complete skeletal remains of an Asian male dressed in women's clothing. What the hell? On April 11, 2011, the remains of two more victims were found. The first was just the skull of someone who is still un- unidentified. We don't know who she is. Um, some call her the Fire Island Doe because her legs have been found on Fire Island back in 1996. Okay. The second was found on the opposite side of Gilgo Beach. Um, her upper and lower extremities were found and the police called her Peaches. And they called her Peaches because the woman had a tattoo of a peach on her left breast. But the remains found along the beach were linked through DNA to yet another torso that had been found all the way back in 1997 in Hempstead Lake Park. Mm -hmm. Fire Island Doe, the Asian male, the toddler, and Peaches are the only four that are still unnamed. Okay. But... There's this theory, if they can find out who Peaches is, they'll know who the toddler is. And they'll be able to figure out how this is all linked together. Mm -hmm. Because through DNA testing, they found out the toddler and Peaches were related. And that was her child. Oh. But keep in mind, they were buried on opposite ends of this long stretch of land on Mm -hmm. Gilgo Beach. Now, authorities have gone back and forth. Um... They can't seem to agree if these homicides were all committed by one individual or if they have two serial killers on their hands. It sounds almost like two different people. Yes, because you've got different times where things were happening. You also have different forms of killing. You have different forms of laying their victims to rest. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it's not matching up. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, what are the chances that two serial killers use Gilgo Beach as a dumping ground and they never came across each other? That or they did. Just not not in a sense of like, I don't know, anything. That or they knew each other. They could have. Because, Who I knows? mean, you just rattled off four people who were serial killers in Long Island. During some of those times. All those, but all of them overlapped at one point. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I'm saying. It's <clears throat> so they confusing they might have known each other they could have and some of them could have gotten away with it for as long as they did because helping each other out Mm, i don't know because it seems more so like with the torso killer he wanted his victims to be found he wanted the fame and the glory where the other one his victims yeah but he only had the torsos found i don't know well if they found the other extremities together they would know who it was exactly so whoever was doing it obviously was very smart because they left the torso because somewhere completely else different. But and all the other extremities were, spot, where you would though. identify people or how you would, sorry, how you would identify people yeah. were kept somewhere else. Yeah. Well, anyways, through all that. Maybe somebody tried to take torso killer's pages. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of theories floating out there and it's really interesting to read a lot of them. But I won't go into that. Okay. The Gilgo Four seemed more distinct, though. Because mm-hmm. they were all grouped together. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Um, the fact that they were also all sex workers. We can't prove that the other victims were sex workers. Right. Um, and it was also extremely odd that the Gilgo Four were found in the middle of all the other victims. 
So you've got one side where you found, you know, victims. Mm -hmm. You have the Gilgo four right there in the middle. And then on the other end where you found like the Asian male and the toddler. That's the weird thing there, though, the Asian male and the toddler. So some people are saying it might be personal for that one. I think he is personal. So. I'm sorry to hear about that. I'm going to take you down another spiral. Oh, gosh. So for years, it seemed like they were getting absolutely nowhere with identifying who could have possibly done this. And that's because they weren't getting anywhere. It turns out that there was some very serious corruption within the Suffolk County Police Department in Long Island. Not surprised. And it began with their chief, James Burke. Now, I'm not going to go into all of his crimes and details regarding the case. That's a whole nother episode that maybe one day I'll come back to. But it's a lot. Another one that's just another rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But Burke was actively keeping the FBI out of his investigation when they wanted to help. And he was hiding evidence that would have moved this case forward sooner. So, Burke was eventually arrested in 2016 after pleading guilty to a civil rights violation for assaulting a local man while on duty. Now, in addition to Burke, the New York Times reported that the long-standing DA went, went down too because apparently those two were in cahoots. And he covered for Burke along with the top anti-corruption prosecutor. And I swear, I'm not making this shit up. This is how corrupt our system actually is. So, 10 bodies. It was concluded that eight were suffocated or strangled, and none of them were Shannon Gilbert. Okay. So, this young woman, whose disappearance lost the investigation, at this point, she had been missing for 10 months. Okay. And her, you know, family was, you know, desperately trying to hold on to hope. But to be honest, if it wasn't for them, nothing would have ever fucking happened. I mean, her mom really hit the pavement as well as her sisters trying to make sure that they found Shannon. But the search for Shannon led police back to the last place where she was seen, the gated community of Oak Beach. And it was just three miles from the dumping ground and also the three men that were we know were around her. Mm-hmm. So the man <clears throat> who hired her. Okay. The man who drove her. Mm-hmm. And a doctor who put himself in the middle of the investigation. Right. For no reason. Now, Brewer, which was her client, insists he never harmed Shannon. He says he just wanted her out of his house, and he even brought the driver in to get her to leave. He says last time he saw Shannon, she was running out of his house towards his neighbors. Brewer claims he doesn't know what set Shannon off or why she made that call to 911. He says that all of her fears were just imagined. So he didn't even, well, of course, he's not going to be like, oh, she did some drugs, because then that... He didn't, he even wouldn't admit to the fact that he hired her for sex. He said he didn't do that. Then why was she at your house? He just, he hired her for company, but he never paid her and they never had sex. Okay. Liar. Now, Michael Peck says that he never touched her and maintains that he had nothing to do with Shannon's disappearance. Please say both, um... Michael and Joseph Brewer passed polygraphs and are not suspects. I mean, he's her driver. I don't know if she pays him or anything. Yeah, she does pay him. Mm -hmm. I would say he's probably right. He didn't touch her, but he's still weird. Yeah, something's still off about him. Like, why did you freak out about the police being called? Probably Mm -hmm. had to do something with the 
you know, what they were involved in. Yeah. he might. Well, he, I guess he was probably afraid, like, she would have got caught. And if she was caught with drugs at that time, she would have been arrested in jail. And he's now out of a job. Like, well, that and, you know, he's could be linked <clears throat> to also other crimes that we don't know about. Uh, that's true. So, like, the whole situation is just fucked. Okay. Carry on. So, and then there's the third man, Dr. Peter Hackett. Um, he was an Oak Beach resident and retired emergency services doctor who inserted himself into the middle of the mystery by calling Shannon's mother on May 3rd, 2010, two days after Shannon went missing. Mm-hmm. Now, Mari, Shannon's mother, says that during the phone call on May 3rd, Dr. Hackett told her that Shannon had left his house with her driver and that he was worried about her. Mm-hmm. But when Shannon's sisters went to Oak Beach, they got a different story when they confronted him. Mm-hmm. He denied calling Mari at all, and he also denied it to the police. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, the police even deny not even knowing about the call, which is bullshit because it's in the missing persons report. Well, also, if it was, well, if it was a call to the mom, never mind. I was like, it could be recorded. Well, they were able to pinpoint on the doctor's phone, well, or sorry, his wife's phone, that he did make that call. Because he went back and forth. Like, he told too many stories. Because at first it was like, oh, I didn't call her. And then it was like, oh, maybe I called her, you know, weeks after. But then you get the records. And no, you called her on that day. Mari is correct. You're just a liar. But why? You know? Why? It's a whole fucked situation. But, so Dr. Hackett did later admit to 48 hours that he had called Shannon's mother, but he said it was later in the week, and he did so at the request of friends who were searching for Shannon to be supportive. And he went on to say that at no time did I suggest I had ever met her or rendered medical care of any sort, end quote. Then why would you just randomly call somebody? Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Dr. Hackett has, you know, denied ever seeing Shannon um, to the press and to police. Former chief of a detective, Dominic Varon, I guess that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Varone, whatever, says Dr. Hackett is not a suspect in Shannon's death. While the calls he made to Shannon's family may be strange, they're not out of the character. He went on to say that he's an individual who likes to get involved. Some call him a storyteller, an exaggerator. We certainly believe that he may have call- called to offer assistance, end quote. So you don't find that odd at all? I find that really fucking odd. Like, I'm... I'm not a cop, and I'm like, red flag. Why the fuck are you calling? Like, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Well, Shannon's belongings were eventually discovered on December 13th, 2011, an entire year after the Gilgo Beach Four were discovered, and a year and a half after her suspicious disappearance. Wait, she was found? Her belongings. Her belongings mm-hmm. were found. Okay. I- they found a pair of jeans, a pair of shoes... A purse with an ID in the wallet belonging to Shannon Gilbert. Okay. Okay. Well, we got our belongings a year and a half later. Yes. Got it. The authorities found Shannon's lifeless body in the marshes by Oak Beach a week later. Mm. Now, the marsh was so thick and overgrown, they could not conduct the search with dogs or on foot. In order to search the marsh, they had to completely clear it. Oh, so this was not an easy task. No. So this makes this even more weird because the Suffolk County Police Department listed Shannon's cause of death as a drowning accident. Now, Shannon's toxicology report showed that Shannon did not have any drugs in her system at the time of death. 
However, an independent autopsy conducted by outside officials revealed that the cause of death may have been due to possible strangulation. Wouldn't she have, like, bruising of some sorts on her neck, be it internally or externally, if strangulation was a thing? There wasn't much left to her at this point in those environments. Okay. So, even the toxology report, it could be wrong still. Mm Mm-hmm. But... It's just a a very weird case. But they're saying that she drowned in this marsh. Isn't... Never mind, carry on, please. So, Detective Dominic Verone, or whatever, believes Shannon actually died by accident after running into the thick marsh and getting lost. When questioned about how her clothing ended up so far away from her body, the the detective... (laughs) Sorry, cannot talk today. The detective responded with, she's disoriented, she's in a frenzy, you have to understand the manner in which these items were found. Very consistent with someone losing these items as they were running. End quote. Your pants? You just lose your pants? What What is the fucking magic Cinderella where your pants just fall off as you run? You know how happy men would be if women were running down the street and (laughs) their pants just fucking fall off? Like, it doesn't work like that. Now, it's a marsh, Yes. She may get stuck in certain situations, and it's probably muddy and gross. But if all her belongings were in one spot, like, if you were losing them while you're running, they would be a trail to your body. Correct. Like breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. This sounded like they were found in a basic fucking pile, and then she was some ways away from that. I don't think they were found in that pile, but they were all found pretty in one area. That's what I'm saying. Like, she just doesn't ditch everything all at once just to take off. No. There's no way. No. Now, what is the proximity of where she was found to where she ran from, though? I could not find that. That's my question. Where is the proximity of either, not even just where she ran from, but doctor's house? So, the marshes were located behind his house. But he left with her driver. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But Michael said it. I never... Never picked her up. Yep. So... Okay. Stories aren't matching. Nothing's matching, and I'm, like, irritated right now. (laughs) Like, my... Oh, my gosh. Carry on. So, convinced the Suffolk police weren't going to investigate Shannon's death, attorney John Ray took matters into his own hands, and he begins working for the family. Okay. So, uh, a little while back, he filed a wrongful death suit against Dr. Hackett, and he said... We believe that Dr. C. Peter Hackett's actions led to Shannon Gilbert's death. Mm-hmm. The suit claims Dr. Hackett had improperly treated Shannon and points to what he allegedly said is the phone call to Shannon's mother as proof. Mm-hmm. That Shannon was dis- distressed, that he had treated Shannon, and he had medicated her. Mm-hmm. In fact, Dr. Hackett was known to provide medical treatments out of his own home. Two neighbors signed affidavits one stating that doctor had given him a prescription injectable steroid. Mm, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. And another claiming that Hackett provided prescriptions for Oak Beach residents. Dr. Hackett admits he has treated friends and neighbors, but he denies he ever saw or treated Shannon. Then why would you call? Because at that point, if you've never seen her or saw her, you wouldn't know her. So why would you call? Mm-hmm. I, I honestly believe that man has something to do with Shannon's murder, 
but I don't think we'll ever know the truth because again, there's a lot of corruption in that police department and they might be protecting somebody. Well, I have a, I have already kind of like a theory going in my head, but being that there's so much you still need to delve into, I got to hear it all before I get into that. So, so actually this is it. This is what you get. Her case is still open. Okay. So, of course, anybody with information is urged to call 1-800-220-8477. But I had to explain her story in order to prepare you for our next episode, which is where we will explore the deaths of the Gilgo Beach Four and the man who is currently being charged for four of the deaths of these women who were found on Gilgo Beach. And his name is Rex Humerman. <laughs> Okay, so Rex is not responsible for Shannon's death, is what you're telling me. I don't believe so. But he is responsible for those four people that were found. He is currently being charged with them, with the murders. Okay. And is his trial still happening? He hasn't even reached trial yet. He was just charged with the fourth victim. Okay. He was arrested <clears throat> in July, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. So... Yeah, if Shannon never had, unfortunately, what happened to her, and I'm sorry to her family, I'm so sorry to her for the failure Mm -hmm. that had happened. We wouldn't have found the Gilgo Beach for. All of those people, honestly. That's a lot of people there, and I hope to goodness that maybe DNA eventually figures out who Peaches and that little baby is so that that family can get some fucking closure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially that sweet little baby. Um, Asian man in the women's clothing. That's a, that's, that's like a random situation put in there. And the torso, the ones with their torsos missing and stuff like that. That, that sounds like somebody. Their, their torsos were found way back when. And now you have all these other parts that obviously this, whoever it is that killed them was hiding the pots, the parts of their body so that they couldn't be identified. Mm Mm-hmm. But I hope that they get, that family gets their justice as well. And I do hope that Shannon gets her justice. So we don't know who killed Shannon. No. Unfortunately. I'm pretty sure it was the doctor. Because why would you call mom out of nowhere when you weren't even part of any kind of police report? You weren't questioned. You didn't call the cops. Nobody said your name. Right. Why would you just reach out? Like, who the fuck are you? And Shannon's the only person found in that marsh in his basically backyard. Mm-hmm. And he happens to run a illegal, illegal health care. Yeah. He his- does not run a, a wayward home for girls. That was a lie. He does not offer any kind of rehab. He just writes scripts for friends. He's misusing his fucking doctor's title that's just sickening and annoying and... Well, get this. He did actually move out of that house almost immediately after, I think, like, it was after her body was discovered. Oh, yeah. That's it. Had to, because that, that's pretty fucking sketch, dude. hmm I'm just... Now, there are some um, accusations, because Shannon was bipolar. <clears throat> yeah. That she had some kind of, you know... Psychosis. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Do I believe she probably did some drugs and tweaked out with this man? Absolutely. 
do I even, can I even believe the fact that he probably did hire her for comfort versus sex? I can even buy that because honestly, do you know how many men? But that wasn't the, that wasn't her client. How did she end up there? No, him? I don't know how she ended up there. I'm talking about the other dude. Oh, the brewer. The original client. Did he maybe hire her for basically comfort and company? Probably. Do you know how many guys go to the strip clubs and throw thousands at girls for conversation? Yeah, that's true. So I could believe him. And maybe he did decide like comfort and drugs because sex work does come with that background as well. Mm-hmm. It's very unfortunate. Um, driver dude kind of is a little bit weird, especially when he's just like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Um, with Gus, the neighbor who mm-hmm. called the police. Um, the only thing that I can think of that he would be like, oh, why'd you do that is because she's doing basically illegal sex work. Um there probably is drugs involved. He might have a background. I'm not, I'm just, this is my opinion. This is my, my thought process. Um, the doctor is the only one that really is just. It makes sense. But the police won't investigate him. They said he's not a suspect. How the fuck is he not? It's exactly. in his backyard. She was found. Well, I'm hoping since now, you know, some of the corruption's been exposed and that they, we're now able to, you know, the FBI finally got a hold of a lot of that evidence. And that's how we now have Rex being charged. Maybe something will also come forward with Shannon's situation. I hope it does. I hope she she gets the justice she deserves. I hope the family gets that justice that they deserve. And I just, wow. Yeah. And I will say... Um, Netflix has a great original movie that they made on her story. Um, they did disclose at the end that Mari, Shannon's mom, is now deceased. So her youngest sister, I guess, suffered from schizophrenia. And she had an attack and Mari tried to intervene and she was um, murdered. So that doesn't look good on the situation either. But I still don't believe that Shannon just drowned in the marsh because she, you know, had some kind of psychotic break. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. It would make more sense if maybe she was at his home. He was trying to help her and she did have a psychosis moment and ran out and was still fucking clothed and her belongings were available near her or Mm -hmm. even in his fucking possession where then he called and said like she ran away I still have her stuff like I don't know where she went that would be different there's so many things that aren't adding up with this fucking doctor this quack Mm -hmm. and And for him to just put himself in the middle of the situation for no reason and the cops say he's not a suspect like it doesn't (laughs) Like, it's crazy. Now, how far away are these people to his house? The Gilgo Beach. Uh, Three miles. Okay. So, Jamie makes it even more suspicious. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what the actual fuck is happening? What makes him look even more suspicious is, bro, you have a dead chicken in your backyard. Um, Then you get basically told, um... You're not a suspect, but you up and leave. Where'd you go? Where are you at now? I, I don't know, but there's there's a lot of answers that 
I'd need like, to be shared. I'd like to know where he moved off to, and you all better watch out. Make sure he ain't got no marshes in his backyard. But it's just still crazy that all this stuff is, like, still going on, and when we act, like, today as a society, like, these things don't happen anymore. Like, this was a thing in the past. You don't see a lot of serial killers anymore. You don't see, like, all this corruption. And, but oh, you see a lot of corruption. It's on TV every day. Well, true. But most people don't believe it. No, because... But this is proof that this still happens, and it's still happening to this very day. Oh, every day in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Every day in front of your face. Um, the thing is, is that murders and serial killings do still happen. They're just not as much as they were in the golden era of serial killing, which was the 70s, because of social media. It's brought to your attention right away if somebody goes away. The reason that this has gone under the radar for as long as it did is because of her occupation. Yes. And that's bullshit because there's histories of murders actually that have gone under the radar with those occupations. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Those, Those women and men are not below anybody because of the occupation that they choose to take. No, it's still at the same time. They're working. You're being racist against her profession. You're not doing your job because you don't like what she does. Which is bullshit. She's not scum. No. She's working. She's trying to provide for herself in the best way that she can. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's her body. That's her choice. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, wow. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I can see why you're like, oh, shit. And I can see why you broke this down because, I I mean, had she had she just gone running down the for the hills? I mean, I did st- start typing this story as just the the Gilgo Beach Four. Yeah, but at the same time, like she, she deserves justice. Absolutely. So I had to dive into her story first. Absolutely, she does deserve justice. And like we said, we're coming at you hard, guys. We're gonna bring out some things. Yep. Shit, I keep hitting this damn thing. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I'm just flustered. Uh, that poor girl. I, and and they say we should trust the system. See, and you can. And that's the thing, too, is I don't want people to think that they can't. Mm, I definitely think after the cases that we've done and even the ones that we haven't done, just reading about some of them, I cannot trust the system. I can understand that. And that's the problem. Because I know good people in the system. And I'm sure there are. And that's, I'm sure there are, but the bad people outweigh the good. And that's where it's becoming a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, just like your government. Yeah, it's all coming to a head right now. Mm-hmm. And we're about to see it explode, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Stay educated, friends. Yep. What? Well, thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to go grab another one of these Moscatos because I just finished that off because I'm just, I'm pissed. I'm so mad. I'm mad for her. I'm mad. And uh, the part that actually makes me more mad now is the fact you told me her mama's dead. Mm-hmm. At the hands of her daughter, unfortunately. That's also why it's important, y'all, to seek mental health. Don't just brush it off. Yeah, guys, don't, don't brush it off. Call somebody. There's so many numbers now that are available mm-hmm. for help. And there's, um, oh, gosh, shit, what the fuck is it called? Rami, R-A-M-I, which is actually somewhat of a free mental health care. Okay. 
Um, you can go online, Rami. I've known about Rami for a long time, actually, and I forgot about it. I happened to stumble across it on accident one day because um, I was searching something. And they, you can go based off your, your state, and they will help you get into ways that are either not either free or, like, income-based mental health care. Um, so I can't remember if it's Rami.com org or something like that but you can google I'm sure it if you google it it'll pop up it'll pop up so if you aren't you are scared they have groups that you can join for free to go talk they have individual care on there all of that stuff and if you don't want to talk to a friend or a family member because i get it sometimes it's hard you feel already like a burden and you don't want to go to them and burden them more and it's better to talk to some stranger than do that. Talk to a wall. Send us an empty message if you have to. I'm just, I need a taco. <laughs> we could all use a taco. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just, yep, that's just pissed me off. That poor girl. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you, geez, Louise, no wonder you're probably been, aside from life, been mm-hmm. in a mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. And make sure you guys are following us on all the the social medias and the, and, uh, yeah. And telling your neighbor. And telling the neighbors. Leave a review. Leave a review. Yeah, tell us a review. I don't care how you do it. Send us a message anywhere. I don't care. Fill it out. Give us some updates. Let us know what you want to hear, what you like, what you don't like. I mean, we want to hear it Drink all. options. Drink options. We're, we're open to anything. Yeah, this this uh, this upcoming year is going to become uh, quite a, more open to a lot of different things that, we, yep. that we're willing to talk about. Not just in the crime world, but fucking A, man. Uh, <laughs> not just in the crime world, but just kind of spilling some, huh, spilling some tea on some other <laughs> shit. Yep. And that means uh, that was a reference to last week's episode. If you guys didn't listen to it, get slacker. Get the fuck over there and do that. Because that one was a rabbit hole of a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> Just like this fucking episode. But until next time, guys. Bye. bye.